episode number 34 of the Healthier Life podcast. I hope you've all been having a good Easter. My husband Julian and I just came back from a lovely weekend in Cambridge visiting some church friends there. The weather was beautiful and I just love this time of year with the trees in blossom and the bluebells and the daffodils and the tulips all still out. After looking around the town centre, we walked out along the river to Grantchester Village where we had a cup of tea in the deck chairs out in the apple orchard of the orchard tea rooms. It was so relaxing. Anyway, the kids are all back at school this week, so things are getting back to normal again in the Shelton household and the house is definitely a little quieter today for sure. This week on the podcast, I'm talking about sugar. And before I start, I want to let you know about a fun five-day challenge that I have coming up. It's a five-day sugar detox challenge where I'll guide you through the ins and outs of how to reduce sugar in your diet, specifically processed white added sugar. At the end of the challenge, you'll have all the tools you need to keep going as long as you want with your sugar detox. There's a downloadable challenge guide with recipes to help you, daily emails to keep you accountable, and if you're inside the Healthier Life Facebook group, there'll be tons of support in there too from everyone else doing the challenge. And there may well be a couple of prizes for the people who are the most engaged, so watch this space. The challenge kicks off on Monday the 9th of May and it's completely free. You can sign up now to secure your place at bit.ly slash five days sugar detox. That's bit.ly forward slash five, that's written out F-I-V-E five, not the number five, five day sugar detox. I'll put that link in the show notes below. It's not essential to be on Facebook to do the challenge, but being inside the Facebook group is an added bonus. But if you're not on Facebook, then don't let that put you off joining the challenge. You can still get all the materials via your email inbox. Again, sign up right now at bit.ly slash five day sugar detox. And that's the word five and not the number five. Before we start today's episode, just a quick disclaimer, as always, the information presented on this podcast is for educational and inspirational purposes only. Always consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet and lifestyle. Okay, with that said, let's dive into today's show. Hi, and welcome to the Healthier Life podcast, where you can get great tips and strategies to empower you to live that healthier life you've always wanted. Do you want to feel vibrant and full of energy so that you can make the impact you desire in this world? I believe that when we are intentional about looking after our health, then we can find the energy, balance, and joy that we need as Christian women to step into our God-given potential and make a real difference in this world. If you're here to learn about how a diet based more on whole foods, plant-based nutrition can bring a healthier life both to you and the planet, if you want to know how to manage your stress better, improve your sleep, exercise in a way that is fun and manageable, if you want to deepen your faith and build in more gratitude so that you can flourish once more in a life you love, then you are in the right place. I'm Catherine Shelton. Let's get started. I always find that just after Easter is a good time to talk about sugar and why we really need to be cutting down on the white stuff. A couple of years ago, I overdid it a bit at Easter. It was 2020 and we'd just been through our first lockdown. And like many people, I found myself turning to comfort foods to process my emotions. And I remember on Easter Sunday going to bed feeling actually quite ill after all the chocolate and hot cross buns I'd been eating all day. 
I decided I would cut out sugar the very next day. Amazingly, I actually managed to stick to that decision for a good four months. It was a little bit hard at first and I went through a couple of days of headaches as my body detoxed, but afterwards I felt great. I gradually lost my sweet tooth and after a while, even the dessert sweetened with maple syrup or dates lost their appeal. And the amazing thing was that I noticed my weight was starting to fall off without any effort. I just felt less hungry. Sadly, in August that year, the UK government brought in the Eat Out to Help Out scheme, where they encouraged us all with discounts to go back to the restaurants and cafes and pubs for meals. I had that moment, and maybe you've had similar ones, where I said to myself, I'll just try that one dessert, it won't hurt, I'll be fine. And that was it. Gradually, sugar came back into my life again. Anyway, that's my sugar story. Yours might be different, but I'm keen to try again with the five-day sugar detox challenge coming up, so I do hope that you'll join me for that. Let's talk a bit more about sugar. I feel that more than ever, we need to be mindful about how much of it we're giving not only to our kids, but also to ourselves. So let's start with what is sugar? Sugars are basically carbohydrates, so they give us energy. There are different types, but they usually end in O's, like fructose, glucose, and sucrose. Our ancestors were programmed to seek out sugar. The sweetness was both a signal that the food was safe to eat, and also it was a way to store up energy during the summer to see us through the harsher winters. And for that reason, sugar can actually override our satiety hormone, leptin. That's the hormone that tells us when we're feeling full. So that means that we can actually keep on eating more and more sugar without feeling full. And that was great when we needed to fill up on a bush load of blackberries, but not so great when we've just scoffed a whole packet of Oreos. Most people think of sweets and desserts as being sugars, but many foods can spike your blood sugar and your insulin. For example, anything made with white flour, such as breads, bagels, croissants, or white rice, white potatoes, and white pasta. Do you see a common theme here? But it is a very individual thing. So if you ever have access to a continual blood glucose monitor, or you can monitor your own response to food using a finger prick glucose monitor, it can actually be really eye-opening what's going on in your body. For some people, grapes or sweet potatoes might spark a glucose spike, whereas for others, it might be watermelon or chickpeas. As medicine advances, I think we'll start to see more of these personalised bio-individual approaches becoming more mainstream. Anyway, I digress. What is so bad about sugar anyway? Well, the problem is that we're eating far too much sugar today. Not only do we get natural sugars in our fruits and vegetables, as our ancestors did, but now we've got added refined sugars in almost everything that we eat. As children, we're often told to avoid too much sugar because it would give us cavities in our teeth. And while this is still true, sugar contributes to many other health issues too. When sugar enters our bloodstream, our body produces insulin to store the excess sugar in our cells. But if we continuously eat too much sugar, then we can become insulin resistant. And this can lead to hormone imbalances and increase our risk of diabetes, thyroid disease and even Alzheimer's. Sugar can also negatively impact our gut microbiome, which we're learning now is of critical importance to our overall health and well-being. 
And too much sugar can also prevent our white blood cells from working properly to destroy toxins, and this leads to inflammation and a compromised immune system. And we're also beginning to realise that today's obesity epidemic is being driven not by saturated fats, as once thought, but by sugar and insulin. Excess glucose in our body is packed away in fat cells for storage for a lean winter or a famine that never comes. So if you're wanting to lose a little bit of weight, it's really important to think about how much sugar you're actually consuming. So how much sugar is okay? Well, the recommended daily intake for adults is no more than six teaspoons. And one teaspoon of sugar is about four grams of sugar. So we should be aiming for no more than about 24 grams of sugar a day. However, on average, we're eating about 22 teaspoons or 88 grams of sugar a day. That's nearly four times as much. And just to give you an idea of how that's all creeping in, listen to the following facts, remembering that our daily limit should be about six teaspoons. One slice of carrot cake is about 10 and a half teaspoons of sugar. One jam donut, about three and a half teaspoons. One bowl of frosted cereal, three teaspoons. One portion of baked beans, two and a half teaspoons. One tablespoon of ketchup is already one teaspoon of sugar. One 12 ounce can of Coke is nine and three quarter teaspoons of sugar. And one medium chai latte at your favorite coffee shop could have 10 teaspoons of sugar in it. Okay, maybe I've caught your attention now and you're beginning to wonder, well, how can I reduce my sugar intake? Well, I've got 10 tips for you today. Number one is learn how to read food labels. Always check the nutritional contents of packaged foods and go to where it says carbohydrates of which sugars. Try to go for the lower sugar options where you can. And you can also use this to keep track of how many teaspoons of sugar you're consuming daily. Remember that four grams is one teaspoon and you should aim to have no more than six teaspoons a day. I like to aim for those foods that have less than 6% sugar on their labels if possible. So number one is learning how to read food labels. Number two is to cut down on processed foods. Most sugar is found in processed foods such as biscuits or cookies, desserts, cakes, sauces, dips and sweets or candies. So aim to reduce these or eliminate them altogether if you can. If they're not in the house, you won't be tempted. So do think twice when you're out at the supermarket shopping. Number three is to avoid fruit juices. Now, we tend to think that fruit juices are healthy, but actually a glass of orange juice can contain as much sugar as a can of soda. So instead, opt for the whole form of the fruit, and that way you're getting added fibre, which slows down the amount that you'll want to consume and also slows down the rate at which the sugar is released into your bloodstream. Number four is to increase your intake of sweet vegetables. By eating more naturally sweet vegetables, such as carrots, beetroot and sweet potatoes, you can satisfy your sweet tooth and crowd out the more unhealthy stuff. Number five is to avoid low-fat products. In order to achieve their low-fat status, these products are usually laden with added sugars to make them more palatable. Sugar itself is 100% fat-free. If you're still buying low-fat foods, then I would ask yourself why and always check the sugar content of the food instead. 
Fat is no longer the enemy that it was 10 or 20 years ago, and healthy fats are actually really good for us. Tip number six is to start your day off with a savoury breakfast. What you eat for breakfast tends to set the tone for the rest of the day. So if you have a sugary breakfast cereal or a breakfast muffin, which is basically a breakfast cake, chances are you'll crave more sweet stuff as the day unfolds. So instead, go for a more savoury option where possible. For example, tofu or egg scramble with mushrooms, tomatoes, avocado and spinach. Number seven is to think about what's behind your sweet craving. If you're wanting to reach for something sugary, then just stop for a moment and think, why? Are you stressed and need some time to relax? Is this just a habit and you're not really thinking about what you're doing? Are you really thirsty instead and a glass of water is what you need? And if you are hungry, would something healthier satisfy your craving? Are you tired and need a nap? Are you bored and need to go out for a brisk walk or do something different for a while? Sometimes our body instinctively reaches for sugary foods either as added comfort or for a boost of energy, both of which we can actually get elsewhere. Tip number eight is to opt for healthier sweeteners. As with anything, changing your sugar eating habits takes time. But beware of substituting white refined sugar with artificial sweeteners. These are not a healthier option at all. In fact, they've been linked to neurological problems and even cancer. Just because something says diet or sugar-free or zero calories doesn't mean that it's healthy. The artificial sweeteners still send messages to your brain that sugar is coming even if the sugar isn't there, so you're still spiking your insulin levels but you're confusing your body. Studies show that people who drink diet sodas actually end up on average heavier than those who drink regular sodas. Instead, go for natural sweeteners. At the end of the day, sugar is sugar, but the more natural sugars will be better for you. Opt for maple syrup or honey, dates, stevia or whole fruits. Tip number nine is to be aware of the side effects of a sugar detox. If you decide to drastically cut down on your sugar intake, you may find yourself going through sugar withdrawal. This can mean that you have a headache and feel tired and lousy for a day or two. However, it should pass and you'll soon be feeling better than you were before, so don't let these symptoms put you off your quest for better health. In my experience, those few uncomfortable days were definitely worth it. And it does make you think, doesn't it, how unhealthy sugar must be for your body if your body has to detox coming off it, just like it would if it were coming off a drug. And finally, tip number 10 is to get the right balance. Unless you have an underlying medical condition like diabetes, it's totally okay to have the odd treat. After all, there are times for celebrations in life. And if we're too strict with ourselves, we can end up being miserable and making those around us miserable as well. It's all about finding balance. Know your limits and your temptations, but do allow yourself to enjoy life too. Besides, as you gradually introduce healthier versions of your favourite treats, you'll actually notice your taste buds changing, and those sugar-laden desserts don't look quite so appealing anymore. Trust me on that one. I found through my research and experience working with clients that there tends to be two types of people. Gretchen Rubin calls them moderators and abstainers. Moderators can have just a little bit of something, like one square of dark chocolate or one cookie, and then put the rest back and it's all totally fine. Oh, how I wish I were a moderator. Unfortunately, abstainers like me tend to find that one is never enough. Once I open the door just a crack, the floodgates open instead. 
So if you're an abstainer like me, you might want to leave it a bit longer before you allow yourself some sugary food that you've been avoiding. Otherwise, you might just undo all your hard work. Now, I realise that this advice doesn't sit well with the idea of intuitive eating that we've talked about on this podcast before, but I do find with these hyper-palatable, ultra-processed foods, particularly those laden with processed and added sugars, can be a real problem for people who are more of the abstainer type of temperament or who struggle with emotional eating. But that is probably a topic for another episode. Just be aware that getting the right balance looks different for everybody. So let's just recap on those 10 tips. Tip number one was to learn how to read food labels. Tip number two, cut down on processed foods. Tip number three, avoid fruit juices. Tip number four, increase your intake of sweet vegetables. Tip number five, avoid low fat products. Tip number six, start your day off with a savoury breakfast. Tip number seven, think about what's behind your sweet craving. Tip number eight, opt for healthier sweeteners. Tip number nine, be aware of the side effects of a sugar detox. And tip number 10, get the right balance. So do you feel that sugar is an issue for you? Would you like to experiment and see how much better you feel after coming off processed sugar for a week or two? If so, then come and join us on the free five-day sugar detox starting May the 9th, 2022. Sign up right away so you don't miss out and I'll be sending out the challenge materials just before we begin. Head to bit.ly slash five day sugar detox and pop in your details there. It's going to be great, I promise. And if you know of a friend who might like to do the challenge with you, then send them the link too. The more accountability and support you can get, the easier you'll find it to stick to the challenge and see great results. And what are those results? Well, typically they would be more energy, less puffiness, less inflammation, fewer cravings, perhaps a few pounds lost, and no more afternoon slump. That is definitely worth it, in my opinion. So head to bit.ly slash five day sugar detox, and I can't wait to see you there. That's all for this week's episode. Have a wonderful week, and I will catch you next time. Hey, quickly before you go, if this podcast has helped and inspired you in some way, then please jump over to iTunes and leave me an honest review. That way more people can find this show and be inspired too. I personally read every single review and your feedback is so encouraging to me. The second way you can help get the word out is to take a quick screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Catherine Shelton Health and I'll share it right back. Thank you so much. God bless. Until next time.